Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg. In this episode, we have a homily for Sunday, March 6, 2022, which is the first Sunday in the season of Lent. Before we get to the homily, we'll listen to a reading from the Gospel of Luke. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The Gospel of Christ May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hi there, everybody. Today we mark the first Sunday in the season of Lent. To be honest, I'm never quite sure whether I can say that we celebrate Lent or not. Whether or not you're celebrating the arrival of this season, I think it's still fair to say that it's an important part of our liturgical calendar as Christians. One of the unique things about the season of Lent is that it provides the opportunity to discuss some of the things that we might not otherwise discuss, probably because they can be a little bit uncomfortable. Today we have a story about temptation, and not just the temptation of a regular everyday person, of a king, or of a prophet, but the temptation of Jesus himself. Today we have a reading from Luke's Gospel. Jesus had recently been baptized by his cousin John, and a voice from heaven declared Jesus to be the Son of God. He then went into the wilderness to fast and to pray. While there, he underwent some pretty significant temptation. Luke gives us three examples of the temptations that he faced. In each case, Jesus' understanding of his own identity was called into question. Remember, Jesus had just been declared to be the Son of God. But what would that mean in the most practical of ways? Would he use that power and authority for his own comfort and ease his hunger? Would he seek some kind of political power in exchange for his allegiance? Lastly, would Jesus use his divinity in a way that publicly vindicated him in the temple? Of course, 
we have the benefit of time and the perspective of history. Thanks to the Gospel accounts, we know that the answer to each of these questions is a firm no. But what can we learn from this text, and what application does it have for our daily lives? Luke tells us two important things about Jesus when he tells us about his baptism and subsequent temptation. The first thing to notice is that Jesus was actually tempted. Although Luke has just finished telling us that Jesus is and was the Son of God, in the very next breath, Luke also describes the human element of Jesus by telling us that he was actually tempted to do something that he knew that he ought not to do. This helps us to see both sides of Jesus, helping us to fully understand who he was and to better understand what he would eventually do for us at Easter. This story also offers us a little insight into temptation. Now, there's a funny thing about temptation. It's very personal. And when I say that temptation is personal, I don't mean that it's something that we don't like to talk about, although that's probably true. By very definition, if something is genuinely tempting, then it must be something that we personally find attractive or appealing. I mean, the things that genuinely tempt me might be of utterly no interest at all to you, and vice versa. Mine are different, and yours probably are too. We make a mistake if we try to make a direct one-to-one comparison between Jesus' temptation and our own. To be honest, I don't think that I've ever been tempted to turn a rock into a loaf of bread or cast myself off a building. That doesn't mean that we're never tempted, nor does it mean that his temptations were somehow less real than ours simply because he was Jesus. To the contrary, we each have to learn how to face our own temptations when we are confronted by them. As I prepared for today, I was reminded of the baptismal covenant that we each participate in whenever we celebrate a baptism together. At one point in the baptismal liturgy, the priest asks the congregation the following question, Will you persevere in resisting evil, and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? The congregation responds, I will with God's help. It's actually one of my favorite parts of a baptism. I don't know if you've ever noticed the wording of that question. It doesn't say if you fall into sin, but rather talks about what happens when you fall into sin. It presumes the inevitability of sin. It reminds us that as people of faith, we don't have to be perfect. But if we are honest, we do have to acknowledge the error of our ways and return to God. In this question, we take the focus away from falling down and placing it where it belongs, on getting back up, with God's help. I began this morning by joking a little bit about whether or not we actually celebrate the season of Lent. Lent is a season for quiet introspection for looking inward to acknowledge our accomplishments with thanks to God, 
but also to examine our conscience for ways that we can improve. Although that's not always easy, it can be very rewarding. There's also room for celebration in Lent. Not that we're celebrating the fact that we've fallen or that we are called to make amends. Rather, in Lent, we are reminded that with God's help, we are able to seek forgiveness and repair our relationships, both with God and with other people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your Son confronted the powers of darkness that obscure your compassion and love for all of creation. Help us to use these days to grow in wisdom and prayer so that we may witness to that saving love proclaimed in Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen.